Greetings, and welcome to Little Readers Podcast, dedicated to literacy, listening skills, comprehension, and the love of reading. Today, we'll be reading an ebook entitled I'm Not Scared of the Dark, written by Patrick McNulty in 2020, published by the Ministry of Monsters Press. Chapter 1 Bedtime. Time for bed, Leo, his mother told him. Time to switch that thing off. Leo Sparks shut down his tablet. He was watching his favorite show, Bumblebot, but he could barely hear it over his sister snoring. She was curled up in a ball next to him on the couch, her arm draped over Bob, their golden retriever. Both of them already dreaming happily. Leo found his can of pop on the floor and took a sip. No more drinks, Leo, his mom told him, dropping into their leather recliner. You're going to be up all night if you drink that. His mother opened the pizza box and found the very last piece and took a bite. Leo asked her, Where am I sleeping? Well, in your room, his mother said, around a mouthful of cheese and pepperoni. Upstairs. With all that stuff up there? His mother's face fell. Shoot, she mumbled. She had forgotten. Leo's bedroom was on the second floor, and until today, it had been his grandmother's sewing room. Most of the stuff his grandmother had kept in the room was still there because Molly, Leo's mom, liked to sew, and she wanted to keep most of it. Large rolls of fabric, a giant sewing machine almost as big as his twin bed, and creepy headless dress mannequins still filled most of the room. Oh, I'm sorry, honey, she said. I'll move that stuff out in the morning. I'm just exhausted tonight. You can sleep in your sister's room if you want, or in with me. The thought of sleeping with his sister was a complete nightmare. She snored nonstop, and it sounded like she was a buzzsaw with a head cold. Not to mention she kicked and squirmed in her bed all night. Back in New York, when they were packing up to move, he and Daisy had to share a bed, and he still had the bruises to prove it. And there was no way he was sleeping with his mommy. He was eight, after all, basically an adult. If it ever got out that he slept with his mom, he would never hear the end of it. However, his room on the second floor had a creaky floor with a window that constantly rattled, giant headless dolls, and no nightlight. Leo shrugged, trying desperately to look calm, cool, and relaxed. He said, I'll sleep in my room. It's okay, no big deal. His mother eyed him for a while her eyes narrowing in that way that made it seem like she was reading his thoughts. And then finally she said, Okay. Leo let out the breath he was holding. He had pulled it off. He had convinced his mom that he wasn't scared, and now he got the chance to sleep in a creepy old bedroom in a strange house in the absolute dark. Wait, I can do this. Chapter 2 Leo helped his mom clean up the pizza boxes and the empty cans of Coke. After all the lights were switched off and the doors were locked, he followed his mom up the stairs as she carried Daisy. Bob took up 
the rear, padding slowly behind them, his paws clicking over the hard wood. Slowly, the four of them climbed the creaky risers to the second floor, guided by the light that spilled into the hall from Leo's room at the top of the stairs. Leo trailed after his mother and into Daisy's room farther down the hall. With one hand, his mother switched on the bedroom light. He could see that Daisy had already been busy setting up her collection of dolls and stuffed animals against the wall under the window. They were arranged as if for a class photo, with the tallest in the back row and the shortest in the front and so on. But her most prized stuffed animal, a green lima bean that she had named Beano, was already waiting for her, its head resting on her pillow, watching her arrive with its last remaining googly eye. Daisy's bed wasn't set up yet, but her mattress was on the floor and fitted with her princess sheets. Leo thought his mom could lay her down on the front porch or even the roof and she would sleep just fine. She was the heaviest sleeper he had ever known. His dad had said she could sleep through an earthquake. His mother laid Daisy down gently onto the bed and covered her with a fuzzy pink comforter. Everything in Daisy's room was pink, or at least very, very pale red. She was kind of obsessed with this color, that and butterflies. As soon as the comforter was over her, Bob hopped up onto the bed and snuggled right in beside her. Molly gave her a kiss, gave Bob a last scratch behind the ears, and backed out quietly, easing Daisy's bedroom door closed, but not all the way shut. Come on, soldier, she whispered, and took Leo's hand and led him down the long hall to his room at the end. With the bedroom light on, the room wasn't all that creepy. Sure, he still had the headless dress mannequins in his room, but he helped his mother move them to the far end of the room where they were more or less out of sight. The moving men had actually set up his bed, so all they had to do was put the sheets on. His mother stepped into the hall and returned a minute later with his favorite flannel sheets. They were dark blue and had pictures of stars and planets and rocket ships all over them. He didn't like going to sleep. He always wanted to stay up later and later, but he loved being cozy. So if he had to go to bed, these sheets made going to bed a lot easier. In a few minutes, they had his bed made and ready. Leo changed into his camouflage pajamas and jumped onto the bed. Landing on his back and bouncing a whole foot in the air, he spun around mid-bounce and landed on his hands and knees. Whoa, his mom said. Pretty impressive. Leo smiled and scrambled between the fuzzy sheets. Are you sure you're going to be all right in here tonight? His mother asked, looking nervous. Leo gave her a tight smile and nodded his head. I'll be fine, Mom. Okay, she said, kissing his forehead. I'll be right down the hall if you change your mind. His mom looked scared, which started to make Leo feel scared. I'll be fine, he insisted. Okay, okay, she said scooping him up into a fierce hug 
She hugged him so tight he could barely breathe, and he felt his ribs creak, but he would never change it. He would never tell her to stop. Wrapped in her arms, he felt warm and safe and loved. After a minute, they said their I love yous, and then his mother got to her feet. At the door, she turned and opened her mouth to speak, but Leo beat her to it. I'm fine, Mom, he said, cutting her off. Good night. She smiled and blew him a kiss. Sweet dreams. She eased his bedroom door closed and switched off the bedroom light. And just like that, his whole world went black. Uh-oh. Chapter 3, The Dark Leo's father was in the army, and before he left for his last mission, he gave Leo a small battered book. It was an army notebook where Leo could list every single one of his fears. His dad had told him that once he identified his fear and wrote it down, some of the scariness would be taken away. Leo was just fine with that, as he was scared a lot. Sometimes so scared that he couldn't even move or even breathe. So Leo did as his dad told him. He wrote down every single fear until he had a pretty impressive list. The next step was when he came face to face with the listed fear. He would try to be brave, even for a moment. And if he could do that, if only for a second, he knew that he could eventually beat that fear and then he could cross it off the list. His book of fears would end up being a list of things he was no longer scared of. As of this evening, Leo had listed 139 fears, ranging from big loud dogs to the deep end of the YMCA swimming pool. But the king, the all-time heavyweight champion of fears, was the first one he ever wrote down. Number one on his fear list was the dark. The dark was when the monsters came. Everyone knew that they couldn't come out in the sunlight or even when the lights are on. He should have told his mom he wanted to sleep in her room tonight or even with his snoring sister. Maybe her crazy loud snoring would keep the monsters away. What was he thinking? The dark back home in his New York City apartment was nothing like this. The dark back home was dark, but not like this. This was like Leo had a bag over his head, like he was locked in a tomb. The dark here felt like it had weight. It pushed against him, squeezing him until he felt like he was underwater. This was country dark, and he wasn't ready for this. He lay there perfectly still, his heart thudding in his chest. He couldn't even see any stars through the window. He knew the window was there above his bed and to his left. He couldn't even see his hand in front of his face. This was bad. He thought if he could just fall asleep, he did have a big day. He was tired. He just had pizza and a few cans of pop. 
Uh-oh. Oh, no. He couldn't think about pop or water or any kind of liquid. If he did, he would start to squirm, and then he would remember that he forgot to pee before bed. He thought of a plan. He would think about baseball or movies or too late. Now he really had to pee. And all he could think about now was leaky faucets and Niagara Falls and rainstorms. His legs squirmed under the sheets and he heard a creak. Leo froze. What was that? It must have been his legs. He moved in the bed and the motion of his body made the bed creak. It had to be. He listened. Nothing. He decided to test his theory and move his legs like he was running while lying down. Nothing. Then, creak. Leo's breath caught in his throat. What was making that noise? Creak. There was something under the bed. He was sure of it. He lay perfectly still, listening. Outside, the wind howled and rattled the window frame. His legs squirmed again. He had to make a move or he would have an accident. He hadn't had an accident in three years, and it was a streak he wanted to continue, hopefully forever. But if he was going to make it to the bathroom, he had to get off the bed, which meant slipping out of the blankets and stepping down onto the floor. Leo took a deep breath, peeled back the covers, and slid out his left leg until his foot reached the edge of the bed. His toes wiggled in the cool darkness, but he couldn't see them. Creak. The noise came from under the, his bed, and he thought for sure something gross and hairy and slimy was just bulging up through the floorboards, slithering across his bedroom floor, waiting to strike. He yanked his leg back under the covers, his mind racing to come up with a new plan to get to the bathroom without being monster food. Chapter 4. The Plan All Leo could picture was a nest of slithering snakes and maybe a giant python coiled beneath the bed. Or maybe it wasn't snakes, but hairy monsters with eyes like spiders and sharp, jagged claws and sharper teeth ready to chomp down on his little toes as soon as they smelled his feet hit the floor. He was trapped. This was it. He was paralyzed, stuck in his bed, and that was it. Or was he? Leo knew two things about himself. Number one, was that he was smart. He always won the math races back at his old school, and his grades never dipped below an A. Number two was that he was fast. He may not be as strong as some of the bigger kids in his class, but he could run like the wind, probably way faster than some silly old monster. His eyes closed, and in his mind, he re-watched his mom walk from his bed to the doorway. He watched her look back at him and blow him a kiss, and then he saw her reach for the light switch. It was on the right side of the door about halfway up. He could picture it. 
The plate around the light switch was fancy and curvy and reminded him of flowers. All he had to do was get from the bed to the switch, and then, with one little flick, he could chase whatever nightmares lurked under his bed back into the dark. He liked this plan. He felt good about it. Leo pulled back the sheets and crawled as silently as he could to the edge of his bed, feeling the way in front of him with his fingers until he came to the edge. This was it. He blinked in the darkness and tried to calculate exactly how far the doorway was from the bed. Was it six feet? Was it ten feet? He would have to run blindly in the dark and hopefully not crash into anything along the way. After a few more moments, he had a plan. It was simple. He would jump off the edge of the bed as far as he could. He was a good jumper as well as being fast. And then he would run his little heart out to the wall where he would flick on the light. No monsters could get you in the light. Everyone knew that. It sounded good. And that was as good as it was going to get, he thought. He counted down, whispering the numbers in his head. Three. The wind howled outside, forcing the window above his bed to jump in the frame. A cold tendril of winter air slipped in from outside to lick the back of his neck. Two. Leo got to his feet and into a jumping position. His knees bent and his hands laying flat against the bed. His whole body coiled like a spring ready to pounce. Creak! The monster was coming! He shifted his place on the edge of the bed and heard the loudest creak of all. And just then, the bed frame collapsed under him. His whole bed dropped out from under him. And he rolled forward into the dark, off the edge of the bed and onto the floor. Chapter number five, Let There Be Light. Terrified, Leo hopped to his feet and bolted for the bedroom door, arms and legs pumping furiously. Alarm bells clanged in his mind. Monsters, monsters, monsters. For a moment, it felt as though he were flying through the dark. In the blackness of space, where there were no stars, not even gravity, only, oof, sewing machines. Leo slammed straight into his grandmother's giant sewing machine. His belly hit the end of the wooden frame, and it knocked the wind out of his lungs in a wheezy whoosh. Leo gripped the sides of the machine as if it were a life raft, and he was lost at sea. Oh, his whole body hurt, but he climbed up the drawers, using the handles as footholds, until he was crouched on top, his pale pink toes safely curled underneath him, away from the monster's jaws. He held his breath. Silence. All he could hear is the pounding of his heart in his ears and his own ragged breathing. Monsters couldn't find him. But he couldn't stay here forever. He still had to pee. He listened for another couple minutes and then, hearing nothing but the wind and his own heart beating, he lowered his feet to the floor and tested the ground. 
It was dry, and the grain of the wood felt good on his feet. It wasn't slimy at all. He must have ran almost twenty feet, maybe fifty, if he hit the sewing machine. He was still scared, but he was impressed with himself. He was a little disoriented in the dark, but he had a good idea where the doorway was. He just hoped he didn't run into anything else. Leo ran in the direction of the door and slammed directly into the wall, his face bouncing off the wallpaper hard enough for a flash of stars to appear right before his eyes. Blinking those stars away and the pain away, Leo spread his hands over the wall, left and right, with his heart racing. There was no way the monsters under his bed would be fooled forever. He was in his bare feet after all, and everyone knew the monsters went after your toes first. His fingers fluttered over the walls, slamming against the doorframe, and then finally the light switch. He slapped the wall where he thought the switch had been, and it was gone. Oh, it was as if an evil witch had cursed the switch, making it run away from his every attempt. He imagined coiled serpents slithering toward him in the dark, even trolls with a taste for little boy meat climbing through the floor, their fingernails digging into the hard wood, pulling them closer until... Flick! Yes! Light! Beautiful light! filled the little room. Leo blinked and rubbed his eyes. He slowly turned to face his room and finally took a breath, not realizing that he was holding his breath that entire time. His room looked fine. Those monsters were gone, he thought. Nothing looked out of place. There were no scratches on the floor and there were no puddles of slime. It was just a room, his room. He started to calm down. He could feel his breathing returning to normal, and instead of his heart bursting in his ears, he felt its rhythm calming down to just a few hundred beats a minute, like normal. The room was safe. He rubbed his belly where he had hit the desk. It was still sore, and he would definitely have a bruise later. And most importantly, he still had all his toes, and he wiggled them to prove it. Leo crept to his bedroom door and stared down the hallway. Somewhere down there was the bathroom. He knew there was one on this floor, but where? The hallway was not entirely as dark as his room had been. The light leaked from under his mother's door at the far end of the hall. But between here and there was an ocean of darkness. Chapter 6 the hall. Leo, his mom, and Daisy only moved in today. He had barely been to his room and had never explored the second floor. The bathroom up here could be anywhere. Was there even a bathroom on this floor, he wondered. Some old houses only had one. Ah, oh, what if he had to go downstairs in the dark? Alone. Leo gulped his heart revving up to dangerous levels again. No, he thought, there's one up here. There has to be. Slowly, Leo crept down the hall, letting go of the doorway, 
and leaving the lighted bedroom behind, he moved slowly and surely away from the light and into the dark. The first door he found was on his right, but the door was too narrow, too skinny to be a bathroom door. His feet whispered over floorboards, and when he came to the banister, he peeked down the stairs to the first floor. There was nothing to see. The weak light from his bedroom barely lit the first three steps. Thunder rolled somewhere in the distance, and the whole house seemed to tremble. But he kept moving. He inched forward until his toes came to the end of the pale yellow light. Another step, another inch, and he will enter the dark again. Leo had no idea where the light switches even were in the hall. He's not even sure this house had hall switches. Maybe his grandmother used candles. His grandma was pretty old, and this house was even older. He wished he had a candle right now, or a flashlight, or maybe a road flare, or even someone just to walk with down the hall. It's fine, he whispered to himself. It's fine. This is my house now. There's nothing to be scared of. He wished he sounded more convincing, even to himself. He wanted to move forward, but it felt like his feet were cemented to the floor. His whole body was rebelling against his brain, refusing to move, begging him to run back to his room where the light was the strongest, where it was safe. Well, his whole body, except his bladder, that part of him was rooting for him to find a bathroom. And quickly, Leo's entire body was greased with a layer of sweat, and he felt dizzy in the darkness. But he gritted his teeth and forced his right foot to slide forward into the unknown, into the dark. Chapter 7. The Attack Right foot forward, then the left, then the right, until he was shuffling in the dark, slowly but still moving ahead, aiming for the beacon of light coming from his mother's room. On either side of the hall, the darkness deepened until the wallpapered walls seemed to bulge outward, reaching for him, crowding out the hall. With his sister's room on the right, Leo guessed that the bathroom would be on his left. So he stretched out his left hand and found the wall with the tips of his fingers, feeling the tiny bumps of the wallpaper rub against his back and then froze when suddenly a hand wrapped around his left shoulder and stopped him dead in his tracks. He couldn't move. He couldn't breathe. The hand had come out of nowhere, out of the wall behind him. Its long, wide fingers lay flat on his shoulder, trailing down his arm. He tried to push on, to keep moving, but he was stuck. He looked back to the safe haven of his room and thought about running, but he was so close, so very close to the bathroom, and the pressure building up inside him was becoming unbearable. The hand wasn't moving. It lay limp against his shoulder like a rag. What sort of monster was this, he wondered. Leo reached up very carefully, inching over his pajama-clad chest 
and touched the flat fingers. They felt like paper. He grabbed the thin fingers, and the monster didn't pull away. Leo tugged a little more and heard a ripping sound. He stepped away from the wall and then, using his fingers, followed the paper to the end and discovered that it wasn't a hand after all, but a piece of wallpaper that had come down. He probably forced it down by himself when he was rubbing against it. He let the section of wallpaper go, and the scrap floated to the floor in the darkness. His heart began to slow down. Phew, just wallpaper. That's all. Not a hand, not a monster. He was fine. He had to keep going. Sliding along the wall with his left hand flat against the wallpaper, his fingers touched the wood edge of a door frame. Inching closer, he saw the outline of the crystal doorknob. A tiny star of light glinted off its surface. Leo slipped his hand around the knob and twisted. He pulled open the door and ducked inside. Long, skeletal fingers reached out from behind the door and clawed at his face. Leo tried to scream, but he couldn't force the words to come out. He stumbled backward, waving his arms and kicking his feet, trying to desperately block the attack of razor-sharp claws and talons. He landed hard on his butt and squirmed on the floor. Before he realized what he was doing, he discovered he was holding on to something. A stick. No, not a stick. A handle. On the floor, curled into a ball, he gulped air like a dying fish trying to fill his lungs with air. A scream was rising fast in his chest, ready to wail when his fingers moved down the length of the stick and when he touched the stiff bristles at the end, he realized what it was that had attacked him. It was a broom. Leo squinted and blinked in the near-perfect darkness and saw the ghostly outlines of white sheets and comforters neatly stacked on the high shelves inside the linen closet. Oh boy, not a bathroom. The broom must have fallen out of the closet when he opened it. Leo laid the broom down in the hall and got to his feet. He looked back toward his room. It looked so far away. All he wanted to do was go back and jump into his warm, cozy bed. But not yet. Chapter 8. Wild Animals He moved slowly, shuffling along the floor, his body pressed against the wall, getting closer and closer to the sound of his sister's buzzsaw snoring. She was really loud. The sound of her breathing becoming a high whistle, like a kettle boiling, rising and falling, rising and falling. Daisy snorted and gurgled in her sleep as she tossed and turned, her tiny bed creaking under her weight. Leo didn't have to see her to know that she was tangled up in her sheets, sweaty and nearly falling off the mattress from the way she always twisted in her sleep. Leo moved forward his hands thrust out in front of him, probing the darkness. Meow. Leo stiffened. Wide green eyes blinked at him from the shadows directly in front of him. Leo wasn't afraid of the cat. He was before, but that was before he knew about Snowball. Snowball was his grandmother's cat that he had found in the basement. After getting the cat some milk, he found that the black tabby cat was actually very friendly. Hey, Snowball, he whispered. Hey, buddy. The cat meowed again, 
and Leo heard the tabby's tail swish against the floor. (coughs) Suddenly, Bob, Leo's golden retriever, exploded out of Daisy's bedroom and charged at Snowball. The terrified cat hissed and bolted for Leo. Bob's barking sounded like bombs going off in the silence, and Leo's heart jumped right into his throat. He stumbled backwards and ran. Bob's claws scratched and scrabbled across the floor as he desperately chased Snowball through the dark. Leo ran flat out as fast as he could for his bedroom door. He never saw that broom he left on the floor and he tripped over the handle. Instantly, he was airborne, flying through the air as the dog and the cat sped past him. He landed hard on the hallway floor with a thud and a wheeze. Lights snapped on in the hall, and when he looked up, he saw Bob's tail snapping back and forth as he disappeared down the stairs, thundering down the risers as fast as his four legs would carry him. Leo, what's going on? Why are you out of bed? his mother asked him. Leo rolled onto his butt and then got to his feet. His mother was tying her robe around her waist and his sister was standing at her doorway, her blonde hair plastered to her face in some spots and sticking straight up in others. Why is Leo sleeping on the floor? Daisy wondered. Leo's mother reached his sister and gently turned her back to her room and told her to go back to bed. Where's Bob? I already told him there's no squirrels in the house. That silly dog. Daisy disappeared, and a moment later his mother was back. Leo was getting to his feet and moving past her. In the light, he saw the last door on the left, the bathroom. Are you all right? His mother asked. I will be, he said, and jogged to the bathroom with barely a second to spare. Chapter 9 a little fear. A moment later, he emerged from the bathroom to find his mother putting the broom back into the linen closet and closing the door. Had to pee, huh? She asked. I don't know where the light switches were in the hall, Leo told her. His mother lifted the scrap of wallpaper from the floor and held it out to him. Gee, what what happened here? Leo shrugged. I think it was loose, he said. I couldn't really see. The The hall is really dark at night, she said. I know. Tomorrow, I'll put some night lights out here, like we had back in New York. His mother held out her hand, and Leo took it as they walked back toward his room. You made it pretty far in the dark, big guy, she said. Leo looked back over his shoulder and saw that he nearly made it to the bathroom. If Bob hadn't freaked out and chased Snowball, he would have done it. Back in his room, his mother tucked him into his sheets and sat on the edge of his bed. His mother nodded to his fears notebook left on his bedside table. She asked, Was this one of your challenges to sneak out at night? Leo shook his head. No, I forgot to pee before bed, and after you turned out the light, Oh, you could have called for me, honey. I was right down the hall. I know, Leo said. His mother smiled at him. But you wanted to be brave. Leo nodded. His mother picked up Leo Spears' notebook. 
Which fear challenge was this one? She asked, flipping through the pages of Leo's careful printing. The first one, he told her. She turned to the first page. She read, number one. Wow, that's a big one. You know, some adults are still afraid of the dark. They are? Leo asked. She nodded. And you got out of bed in a strange house in the middle of the night in the absolute dark? You're pretty brave in my book, kiddo. Really brave. I almost made it to the bathroom, Leo said, as Bob nosed his way into his room. If it wasn't for Bob... Bob nuzzled against his mother's leg until she scratched him behind his ear. I still think you were brave, Leo, she said. You were scared, but you moved forward anyway. That's what being brave is all about. Bob, Daisy called from her bedroom. Come back to bed. And the dog took off like a shot. So, what do you think? His mother asked, handing him the pen. You ready to scratch the dark off your list? I think you should. Your dad would really be proud of you. Leo took the pen and thought about it. He was still really scared of the dark, and maybe a little of that fear would always be there. But he didn't let his fear get in the way of what he wanted to do. And that's what being brave was all about. The end. Well, thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this ebook written by Patrick McNulty. Remember, you can get this story and others that Patrick McNulty has written wherever you can get ebooks. The title again, I'm Not Scared of the Dark, published in 2020 by the Ministry of Monsters Press. This is Miss Joan signing off. Stay safe. Stay healthy and happy.